Hello, welcome to How This Works. I'm Skipper Chung Warson, and I'm a design director in San Francisco. And this is a show where I invite people on to have a conversation with me about a topic that they know incredibly well. Today, I'm lucky to have with me Jackie Velasquez-Ross, who's going to talk to us about being a recruiter, something that she knows an awful lot about. Thanks for being here, Jackie. Thanks for having me. <laughs> what just I don't even understand so what just happened. And I'm okay with you including that. <laughs> this is so that is like so funny. And I have done so many podcasts and like talks recently and I just like couldn't get three words out. Of course, out of the gate. So freaking funny. This is my life. Okay. I think it's everyone's life. <laughs> but I, I also don't think we could have planned it any better if we tried, so let's just roll. Okay. So I want to find out more about you, Jackie. Who are you? Where are you from? Um, tell us more. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so happy to be here today. Um, yeah, so I actually also live in the San Francisco Bay Area, specifically Oakland with my family. I'm a mom of two-year-old twins. So if you hear them in the background, that's what's going on. Yeah, um, ditto. Uh, you might hear my daughter running around upstairs. I mean, I think that's life right now, right? It is life. It's everyone's life right now. If it's not kids, it's dogs or cats or... Um, a delivery person. I'm from Texas originally, mm. and I moved here um, to start my career. Okay. And I was a writer, and I still, you know, I can still say I am a writer, but I don't actively write for a profession. Sure. But I wanted to work in advertising, so I moved to San Francisco, which is a big advertising city, and I started my career as a receptionist and recruiting coordinator. Okay. And I ended up working for a director of creative talent and I loved it and I loved the job that they had and I thought it was really cool and really exciting and I needed to make more money. So I decided I wanted to get into recruiting um, while still like using my skills of storytelling and writing and meeting people and understanding who they are and where they want to go and helping them in that journey. And so that's how I started my career in recruiting. And here we are almost 10 years later. And um, I currently work for Envision um, and I lead all of product design, product management. And, you know, I, I do a lot of leadership recruiting for the company. Um, it's a lot of fun. We're fully remote and distributed, um, which has been interesting, especially given everyone else's shift to being remote. Um, so yeah, so I'm super excited to be here with you today and, and share a little bit about what I know. Well, Jackie, thanks for being here. And I appreciate you talking through your background because I think that really sets the stage for the rest of our conversation. Um, what's something about you that people wouldn't necessarily guess something you're comfortable sharing? Well, to any person off the street, I'm a mom. A lot of people don't know that. Sure. Um, my partner and I actually purposely don't share our children on social media. Yeah, I can is, understand that. Yeah, it's been an interesting choice. Um, it's actually been really nice, though. Um, there's an odd pressure around sharing. Oh, for sure. Yeah a lot or oversharing. Um, so yeah, but I'm a mom and that's a huge part of my current identity that I never realized would make such an impact on my life. Um, but it's an amazing thing and it's hard. It's probably one of the hardest things that I've ever done. 
but it's incredible. And my kids are so funny and they're this mix up of the both of us. And I even see like, I just see so much and it's just amazing. It's, it's quite hilarious. Um, and it's a huge learning experience for us. So yeah, that's something that people don't know about me. I would say plus one, absolutely. Plus one to what you said about being a parent. As a parent myself, not of twins, I feel like I learn something new every day. Can I ask, are your twins girl-girl, boy-boy, or girl-boy? They're boy-boy. Okay. And I've never been into, like, gender, like, stereotypes at all. And I'm still not. Um, And I was raised to, like, believe that I could do anything I wanted to do no matter what. That's awesome. I just had to, like, put my mind to it and I could do it. So I never had any, like my parents didn't put like gender specifications or the things that I did or didn't do, but these are like like, expectations. Yeah. Expectations. But these are like little boys. They like jump off of things. They climb (laughs) off of things. They are wild. They're, they're very spirited children. Um, Oh, I love that. And they're also very different. Oh, even from each other. Yeah. They're very, very different from each other. They look different. They act different. They have different personalities. They like different things. They already have. They already have preferences. Oh wow! Already, <laughs> it's pretty amazing. And to be very honest with you, becoming a parent, becoming a mother, has allowed me to be more empathetic in my recruiting process and in my um, relation with candidates. Sure. It's actually opened up a whole other window or door and opportunity to get to know people and to also think about the candidate and and talent experience from my point of view. So it's been really, really awesome um, to consider and think about these things from a parent's POV. That's wonderful to hear. You know, I find that with life changes, like moving or new job or becoming a parent, things often become clearer in a way that they weren't before. Mm -hmm. And, you know, while there are factors that might make the view more opaque, like being distracted or exhausted or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, it means that there needs to be a greater intentionality or focus on the thing at hand. Yep. I totally agree with you. And I also like, I try to be, I love what I do. So when I'm here and I'm doing this, this is what I'm doing. And then when I'm with the kids, like that's what I'm doing. And I try to create boundaries so that I can give as much as I can to the thing that I'm working on and like focus on the thing that I'm working on. So while it's okay, like the boys come up and, you know, they want to join a, they want to join a meeting, but it's like, okay, cool. Say hi. And then you have to go because I'm, I'm like, being professional Jackie and then I'll go be like mom later. So that's been a really interesting thing to try and figure out for myself. Yeah. The separation. Yeah. Yeah. You and I could totally talk about parenting and how that enhances our work world, but I think that's for another episode. Oh, totally. I want to get back to our topic at hand. Mm -hmm. Another subject that you know a lot about recruiting. You gave a little bit of your background in the introduction Can you go into some of the details of how you got started in recruiting? Mm -hmm. Maybe unpack it a little bit more for us. Sure. Yeah. So I was working in in this really well-known ad agency called Goodby Silverstein and Partners. Um, The founders of that agency created the Got Milk campaign. I remember um, that. And so many other classic um, ads. 
And so I'm like sitting in this beautiful office, okay. like super young, like trying to figure out, you know, like make connections with people, try to figure out what I want to do with my life. And I'm a receptionist at the front desk slash recruiting coordinator for everything non-creative. Okay. Um, so I'm like... And this is in Texas? This is in... This is in... Um, San Francisco. Oh, I see. San Francisco. Yeah, this is in San Francisco. And so I'm like in a new place. And I'd spent a lot of time here before, actually family here um, in the Bay. And I'd come back and forth my whole life. And so I finally moved full time. I'm like starting this career. And um, again, like I mentioned, I wanted to be a writer. Okay. But I find this like joy and love of talking to people and getting to know them and scheduling these (laughs) interviews. And that can kind of sound boring, but it was awesome. It was amazing. And I got to know these people and I got to usher them in when they came into the office and I would make sure they knew where they were going and meeting with the right people. Um, And then I got this opportunity to assist this director of creative talent. And so then I was working on everything creative and all of these people were creative and it was amazing. And I remember there was a couple of times where an interviewer couldn't make it. So then I took the candidate and I would like show them around the office and I'd take them to lunch and like do all these things. And I loved that so much. I think it was honestly the the social aspect of it because I'm a people (laughs) person, right? Yeah. Um, and I was like, this is cool. You can get paid to talk to people who are really cool. Like, <laughs> this is amazing. Sign me up. <laughs> and also, like, the my boss at the time had, like, a nice car and, like, wore cool clothes. And I was oh, like, you know sure. what? I'm missing out. Okay? <laughs> I am missing out. Like, this is what I need to be doing. Yeah, I can see that. So... I do that job for a while. And then I got an opportunity to become a recruiter slash recruiting coordinator at a, um, another design, a design studio. So that's kind of when I moved into tech. Um, and so I ended up being a recruiter, um, at this lovely little boutique studio, um, called level studios. Um, and that's where things kind of like took off and I really got entrenched in like design and tech and, um, product. Um, and then I also was, you know, living in San Francisco and like networking and meeting with people. And I met all these startup founders. And so I started doing work on the side where I was working with small scale businesses and and like early stage startups on their, on their, um, their businesses. And so hiring and thinking about, you know, what their talent pipeline looks like, what the future of the company looks like and, and helping them hire. Um, so I was very busy for a period of time doing that. Um, and then I got even more into that world when I went to go work for Facebook and Instagram. And so I focused on product design leadership. Okay. Product design leadership. Um, and that was amazing and fun and hard. And it was a great time. And then I got an opportunity to come to Envision. And here I am leading product design, product management, and leadership plus hires. Um, And so, yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. It's not just like talking to people, which I figured out. There's a lot you can do to make it happen in a process type of way. Or you can kind of like do, I think recruiting is an art and a science. And so I'm super happy to, to talk through that today. And art and science. I can totally see that. So I'd love to get into what you just talked about 
Um, you mentioned your time at Facebook and Instagram, and you described it as amazing, fun, and hard. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me more about what made it hard? Or maybe was there a goal that you were working to achieve there? Yeah. So every place is going to be different. Um, but specifically when I was there, I mean, you're working at such a large scale mm. and so much pressure. Yeah, fast. Um, and literally the people who I was hiring are shaping and changing our reality. Yeah. So high stakes for sure. Yeah. High stakes. And this gets into time management and clearing a safe space, not just to do work, but to do the right kind of work. Yeah. It was, it was a fascinating time. Um, I mean, I hired someone who's currently working on the monetization of Instagram. That's happening which we're now seeing roll out and it's, it's really cool to see. I imagine. Um, so I worked specifically on Facebook and Instagram Sure. and I worked on messenger. So looking at how to better that experience and I actually just saw they rolled out cross platform communication for Facebook and Instagram. And so I was like working with those people who are hiring the people who were building and those, yeah those functions and those features on these applications that you and I, and the, billions of people around the world who use these products. Sure. Um, so yeah, it was high impact, high impact, high visibility, um, high stakes. And so that was hard and there was a lot of pressure and I Mm. loved it. It was amazing. I'd worked on some really cool stuff before, but this was, I think the most visible opportunity that I got to work in on those. And in this instance, um, okay. And like the goals were to get the right person in the seat. So I did have like, you know, you should make five hires this half or 10 hires this half. But it was really about finding the right person, Mm. bringing them into process, making sure that they have all the information that they need, making sure that the business and my business partners inside of the business had all the information that they needed about the candidate so that they could interview them successfully, preparing the candidate for a conversation, um, preparing them to present work. Um, and then also there was a portion of it where when we got to that point in time, but negotiations, right. Right. Which is also like a very interesting thing. And that that could also be a whole conversation that we can have. I feel like that's a thing that people want to know about these days, but yeah, so there was a lot of work going into, hiring and and still is even in my, my role today. Sure. I'm hearing you talk about a general framework in being a recruiter, finding the right person, making sure they're ready and equipped, making sure that your client or hiring manager is likewise equipped and ready and negotiation. I want to get into that later, Mm. but what's a principle that you follow in the work that you do as a recruiter? Yeah, I think it's do right by the candidate and do right by the business. That makes sense. Um, Cause it's really about, it's honestly kind of like matchmaking and it's understanding what the candidate needs and wants and what their strengths are and really what their motivations are hmm. processing that understanding that. And then also having an intimate knowledge of what the business needs and saying, is that a good fit? Yeah. Also understanding the business and like whoever your partner is sure, and knowing what they want and what they need, but then also understanding what they might not be able to articulate. 
Mm, that's key. And bringing that to the table. And that's why I always employ storytelling. Mm, storytelling. And why I think it's really, it was, I mean, I didn't go to school to be a recruiter, but um, sure. that background has allowed me to really dig deep with candidates, dig deep with my business partners, and then bring those two narratives together and tell a really beautiful story. And, you know, I always love, I call candidates who you would never think of for a role wild cards. Oh, I sure. love telling the story of wild cards um, and how they could be a good fit for the business. And then also explaining to the candidate, oh my gosh, I have this role. I think this could be super interesting. This is like a little bit different than what you've been working on most recently, but mm. it could be a really great fit. Um, and then explaining and selling it to them on why um, it could be a great fit for everybody. Because at the end of the day, um, as an employee, like it's a, I also believe the interview process is for you to interview the company as well. Yeah. And figuring out if this is a good fit for you, is this somewhere you want to spend a majority of your time? Right. Yeah. The fit has to be on both sides, right? The job seeker side as well as the hiring side. I love that you call them your business partners. Uh, if, if it doesn't work on your business partner side, then it doesn't matter what a potential hire looks like on paper or what kind of work they've done in the past or um, if they have a low price tag. If it's not a fit on both sides, it's not a fit at all. Totally. Yeah. And it's so important. And I oftentimes... Like when things don't work out with candidates, one of the things that I often like to explain to people is there's, it's okay if this doesn't work out because it means it's not the best fit and you want to find the right fit. Yeah. The best fit for you and also the best fit for the company, because if that's not, if you're not in line, then it's just not going to work. And it can't, you know, maybe only end up working in that role for six months or a year um, before things break down. Um, yeah. So you want to find the best fit for you and then also for the company. 100%. Jackie, I couldn't yeah. agree more. In your introduction, you talked about how you used to be a writer. Um, but I think that that's an understatement on your part. Because you emphasize storytelling as such an important part of this paradigm, how you tell a story to a job seeker, um, how you craft that story to your business partners, I would say that you're still a writer in a way. Um, even if you're not putting pen to paper, maybe you're not crafting the great American novel, but you're <laughs> working and iterating on story. Yeah, I, I would argue you're right. You're, I agree with you. Um, it's just different. It's a different way of, of using words. Um, it's strategic. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of what I do too is meeting just like this, like and talking with people. Um, it's the use of tone. It's the use of nuance sure. and really speaking to um what people's wants and needs are and mm -hmm. um, making people feel like a lot of my job is like making people trust me so that they know that I have their best interest at heart. Um, yeah. And I can find again, like the best match and the best fit on both sides. Okay. Yeah. So we're talking today. It's August, 2020, August. No, it's not. Let's try that again. It's actually <laughs> October, 2020. That should tell you something there. It's October 2020. So Jackie, I'm wondering how your job is different than it was a year ago. Mm -hmm. We're working remotely. There's a wide chasm of political polarization all around the world and in the United States. 
um, racial and class tensions, they feel sky high right now. Mm-hmm. How is your job changed? Yeah, that's a good question. It looks very different, especially for us in the United States. Um, I recruit globally, um, but particularly in the United States, and I would even say Canada because they watch okay. a lot of what's going on here and their markets and their um, industries shift with our changes. And So close geographically. It's very different. So the market is hot, is what I would say in terms of candidates. Like if you're a candidate and you're looking for a job and you're really good at what you do and mm. you're actively on the market, you're going to get an offer quickly. Mm. Um, so, and for me, I have to move as quickly as I can, which can sometimes be hard, okay. um, depending on where the business is and how quickly they want to move. Yeah. Um, so for me, like I've had candidates who I've talked to on a Monday and then on Wednesday they have an offer. Wow. And I, that's hard to, that's really hard to operate. Um, I'm getting really specific questions about some of the things that you just mentioned, like, you know, how does your company view, um, the black lives matter movement? Like I'm a woman of color. I'm a, I'm a black woman. I present as a black woman. Um, people ask me, so like, what's really going on there? Like, can you explain more? And I'm honestly happy to answer those questions because I think it's important. And if these, especially if these things are important to you, you want to know what you're getting yourself into. Agreed. Um, but it's just different, you know. It's a different climate. It's a different time. People are a lot more skeptical to move on from their jobs. If you are happily employed, yeah, and you're making like a fair amount of money, or you're you're comfortable, right? Like, why would you want to leave your job? Why would I go and do something new in the middle of an election season, in the middle of like unrest and of uncertainty? Like, why would I want to go get a new job? So a lot of change adds up. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, Yeah, it's really it's fascinating. So, again, it's a lot of storytelling. It's a lot of understanding of motivations, needs, passions, wants. I mean, I'm sending flowers to people. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I sent someone a plant. Oh. Um, I've done all, you know, I've done all kinds of stuff, you know, to like make. That stuff matters. It's, it's, it's genuine and it's real. Um, but you just have to, it's a little bit more, it's high touch. It's a lot more high touch than normal. That makes sense. Especially with so much change and stress right now. Mm-hmm. So if you're someone who's looking for new work, Mm -hmm. whether you're out of a job and you want one, or it's time to move on from your current job, Mm -hmm. what would you recommend to someone who wants to stand out in this market? Yeah. Um, I love it when people send me notes directly. Notes. I think that's great. So apply for a role and then find someone or if you, or if you don't know someone at a company do some research, find out mm. who the hiring manager could potentially be, find out who the recruiter could potentially be and send them an email. Okay. Say, hey, I saw this role. It's super interesting. Um, this is what I've been doing most recently. I would love to have a conversation with you about, you know, what you're looking for in a candidate and see if this could be a good fit and apply for the role mm. and follow up. Like, I don't mind. I have a hundred different things that I've got going on at work and outside of work. So like if I, you send a note and I don't respond, it's okay to, res- you can follow up. I know you yeah. d- 
Skipper, you do an amazing job of following up. <laughs> I love it. It's great. Well, thank you. I, I love it. I think it's important. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when we email and if I don't get, you send me notes and I love that. That's so good because we've all got so much going on. So much. There's so much happening. And so it's so important. Like follow up. Don't feel weird about it. Follow up. I mean, don't send like 10 emails in a row without someone responding back to you because then that yeah, you get in like a weird territory there. But um, use common sense. Yeah. Like follow up twice. Like why not? I mean, when I reach out to candidates, I send follow up emails. I send about two emails and then after they don't respond, then they don't respond. Right. And that's fine with me. But I followed up. Um, so follow up, send a personal email. I would also say like, I always tell people negotiate, you know, there's so many different things that you can negotiate that people don't realize you can negotiate. Sure. Like what? I mean, you can negotiate your start date. You can negotiate how many days a week you work. You can negotiate your hours. Mm. I mean, obviously you should always be negotiating your pay. Yeah. Bonus equity. Sure. Um, Direct reports, your job responsibilities and duties. Mm -hmm. There's so many things, depending on your industry, there are so many different things that you can do. Like maybe you don't want to be a full-time employee. Maybe you want to be a contractor and run it through your own LLC. Sure. You know? Mm. There are some real financial benefits if you've structured your business in that way. There are. There really, really are. And as someone who owns, I have my own business, like for my consulting and like, yeah, I, I definitely have run things through my LLC and it's so much better as a benefit to me, especially with taxes, you know? Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things that you can do. And like, also if you're in a job that you don't like, or you are look, you don't have a job because you've been laid off because of everything that's going on. Like yeah. look for something that you really want and that you feel like you'll be content in for a while. Okay. Um, and even and if not you, just the next thing, right? Yeah the next vine to grab onto yeah don't don't settle and if you have to because of like financial reasons i would encourage you to think about being a contractor because then you can continue Mm. to look for what is the best fit for you and bow out when you need to and don't feel bad about it yeah don't feel bad about it because it's it's not personal it's not personal at all Jackie, I love that we've already gotten into this notion of negotiating and asking for those things that you need and that you want. Mm -hmm. We were referencing it in terms of accepting a new job, but the reality is that you can also negotiate within your existing job. Oh, yeah. So if there are things that are askew in your current role or certain features have gone adrift, how do you negotiate in a job that you already have? How do you start that conversation? Yeah. So, I mean, if you have proper performance cycles, always make sure, number one, make sure you're on your P's and your Q's, right? So the mm-hmm. things that you should be doing, make sure you're doing them and you're doing them well. Um, sure. If, what does a proper performance cycle mean? What do you mean by that? Yeah. So it depends on the company and um, how things are structured, but some companies have performance reviews twice a year. Okay. Some of them have them four times a year. Yeah. Some of them might only have them once a year. Okay. Um, so leading up to your performance cycle, depending on when that is, right? So if you have one every quarter, I would say um, maybe 
what you could do if you have quarterly performance reviews is, you know, maybe there's one coming up in like a week or two. And so okay. you go through that performance review with your manager and you get your, you know, these are all the things that you're doing great. Here are some areas of improvement. And you say, you know, thank you so much. Got it. Um, I'll be working on these things. I'll continue to do these things. But I have noticed that, you know, X, Y, Z has been happening or I've taken on more responsibility here. So I would like to continue to do that, but I'd like to see an increase in my pay. Sure. Because I'm putting an X amount of input and I think that I should be compensated for that. Yeah. So ask for the money and then say, and we can review this at my next performance review or at compensation review time. Yeah. Um, right. You have to let your manager know exactly what you want, because if you don't, you may not get it. Most likely you won't get it. Yeah. And there's a saying in the South, and I'm sure many other places, but closed mouths don't get fed. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you got to ask for what you want. Right. Um, and it's okay. It can be, I think, as a woman for me and as a woman of color, it's been really hard because I've been trained to keep my head down. Mm. Don't ask for too much. You're lucky to be here. Mm. And what I realized is that you can't do that because we're never going to get ahead if we don't ask. And so I'm really good at what I do. Um, I know that. And other people tell me that. And so I'm going to ask. And I I coach so many people on this, like men, women, people of color, LGBT community. Like, you got to ask. Yeah. If you don't ask, it's not going to happen. Agreed. Yeah. That phrase, closed mouths don't get fed. That's great. Mm -hmm. And it absolutely makes sense. The best advocate for you is you. Because in your role, in your industry, let's say you're getting underpaid. I've never experienced a company coming to an employee and saying, I think we're underpaying you. Uh, Here's a 20% bump because that's what people at your level make. Mm -hmm. But if you come in, you have the research in hand, you know what other people who work at your level with your experience, this is what I need or I want in my life. Inform yourself, come in with evidence. And like you said, mind your Q's and P's, do your job, do it well. And when you're on a good foot, come in and ask for the things that you want and the things that you need, because Mm -hmm. otherwise you'll never get it. Yes. A hundred percent. That is exactly the way that you should do it. Um, And then if that isn't honored, take stock of, you know, what that means to you, how that feels. And if you need to go get a new job, go get a new job and then ask for what you want upfront. I always tell people to ask for, In terms of like, if you're talking about money or equity or bonuses, like ask for something that makes you laugh. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Like ask for too much? You know, honestly, all they're going to say is no. And that's what I always tell people. Like, (laughs) you know, if someone, if an intern tells me they want to make a million dollars, I'm going to be like, that's funny. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah. No, that that doesn't make sense. Give them the job. Right. Right. Yeah, that's not a reason to say no. And especially if it's like said in a funny way, but uh, in this specific instance with an intern. But, um, you know, like add some tax onto what you're you're asking for and just see, because all they can do is say no and say, you know, like we can't do that. That's out of band or that's not within scope for this role. But what we can do is X, Y, Z. 
Yeah. Um, if you are leaving a job and you have equity or a bonus you're about to get within a quarter or a half of a year, tell the recruiter, whoever you're negotiating with about that and say, Hey, like I'm leaving X, Y, Z amount on the table. If I leave today. Mm. So is there any way you can make up for that? How can you make up the Delta? Yeah. And see what they can do. It's always okay. And even if you have to go back two or three times, even if they tell you this is the max, yeah, ask. Right. Mm-hmm. It's hard to sit in that tension when, you're, when you've asked for something, right? You want to justify it. You want to qualify it. You want to make an excuse. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's shame or guilt there asking for more money or benefits or whatever. Absolutely. And depending on who you are, whether you're a woman who's been historically and currently underpaid in comparison to a man, mm-hmm. or you're a person of color, it brings up all sorts mm-hmm. of emotions and feelings. It depends on the person. Mm-hmm. And many people just grin it and bear it and move on. I don't deserve that. End mm-hmm. of story. I know. Yeah, I've had to fight that so much in my career. And um, it's been interesting to get further further along in my career and also do what I do. Mm. Um, and employ my own tactics. Um, but for me, I mean, for me at this point, it's fun. (laughs) So it's, but I know it's not fun for everybody. I know that's like weird, but like, uh, it's fun. It's interesting. And I'm always, I also love to talk to other recruiters too, because it's always funny (laughs) to hear people's spiels, the way they talk about things, the way they do things. Mm. Um, but yeah, I always tell people, just ask, just ask for a little more Yeah, and they can always say no. And you just make your decision on what you're going to do. Absolutely. Put it out there. Mm-hmm. I'd love to ask you one last question around recruiting. Sure. Jackie, you work in the design and technology space first for Goodby, Silverstein, um, and then Facebook, Instagram, and now um, Envision. What does the future look like from your point of view, either from the job seeker side of the table or the employer side, your business partners? What's something that you're watching out for in the future? Something you're really paying attention to? Yeah, I think the future of work is remote working. Hmm. I believe that all industries will become more design forward and centric. Okay in terms of having digital experiences and having well-crafted digital experiences, which you and I both know has not always been the case. No, not at all. It's not, and not currently. currently. So I, I truly do believe we're going to see more um, companies and industries become design-friendly okay. and have digital experiences that are easy for everyone to use. Sure. Um And then that means that there are going to be design roles in industries that are two, 300 years old, right? So like I have a friend who worked in the railroad business. Railroad. One of the oldest industries in the United States. Yeah. And I'm so excited for them to go through a digital transformation because they really need it. Absolutely. Um, I mean, it's so analog. I mean, they're like 50 years behind or like 1950s, whatever. I know. It's really interesting. Um, I mean, we are already seeing like the banking industry has gone through a major digital transformation and we're going to continue to see that happen. Yeah. Um, especially with like, um, you know, fintech companies like disrupting the space, like traditional banks have to continue to innovate. They um, have to. And then for, you know, people in our industry in terms of like tech and software, those types of roles are going to open up in those industries. So 
I think it's important for people to keep an eye on that. And if you have a love for something or a passion for something, or you're from, you know, middle America, Ohio, or Texas, or wherever it might be that has an industry that's, you know, not a tech hub, okay. you may see in the next five to 10 years that changes. Wow. Um, I think it's really exciting. And then specifically, though, and this is something that I am actually very interested in watching, and I've been talking with other design um, professionals and, and recruiters specifically, is I'm seeing this shift of design leaders move into product roles. Oh, so from product design into product management? Yeah. Product management. Mm, and okay. then we're seeing this shift of design leaders moving into product leadership roles. And so we're kind okay. of seeing a mix of product and design leadership and it's kind of a um product experience. Experience. Okay. Kind of hybrid. It's very fascinating. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing a lot of interest from design leaders to move into those type of chief product chief experience roles. Yeah. And I think that's something that's really important for designers and design leaders to kind of keep an eye out and to, you know, if you get an opportunity to move into some kind of hybrid role like that, you should take it because I do believe that's the future. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I'd like to rewind to something you said about remote work being the new normal. Jackie, do you think that in the future, after COVID-19, do you think that companies who are engaging in remote work, this 100% remote work, they'll lose their appetite once it's uh, quote unquote safe to come back into an office environment? Yeah, I think it's going to be a combination. I think it's there might even be like a slow trickle okay. where some people might try to have folks come back into the office and then realize like it's just silly and we shouldn't be paying for all this space for five people to be in an office at one time. <laughs> it is expensive for sure. <laughs> it is. And if you think about it, like I've talked to folks and they've said, well, you know, you know, you can come into the office and like meet with business partners live. Yeah. But to me, I think of it like, cool. So if I plan to be in the office like Monday, Wednesday, I'm supposed to be my business partners. Like what if happens if they decide to change your schedule? And there's sure. just so much, many logistics that go into it. Yeah. Rubber banding back and forth. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen, honestly. Um, I think there's going to be more want and need for socialization. So like mm. maybe there might be specific work days or you come together live to do an activity mm. or um, whether it be work or just social, because I know people are craving that. Right. Sure. Um, I think that will happen, but I really do think that we're going to move into this time and place of fully remote and distributed teams Interesting. And people are going to do it differently. Like Envision has, we've been doing it for nine, 10 years now. And I think we've- That long. We've got a pretty good handle on it. We all kind of work the same business hours, but I know yeah. there are other fully remote and distributed companies where they don't and they work kind of like- Asynchronously. Yeah, asynchronous. And you yeah. know, maybe that works. I'm not sure. So yeah, I think we're going to see really interesting innovations in this space. Sure. Yeah. That makes sense. You know, I hope so. There's been a lot of tumult in so many avenues of our life right now. And I would love, love to see some positive change come out of the situation. I mean, the idea of working in your home might be more comfortable for some people. Um, it takes a portion of the commuter traffic off the roads, and that's great. Um, and then 
more than that, like the long tail of how we incentivize and grow responsibly the idea of working in our homes, if businesses are no longer providing these in-person spaces and people are having to make choices for their home around, I need a room with a door I can close so I can focus and do the work I need to get done. How does the cost of doing business or doing work, uh, how is that transferred? How is it carried? Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting to see how all this plays out. I, I don't have any of these answers. Absolutely. I mean, that's something that I we had to look at for ourselves. Like my partner and I now have our own offices, but we had to move to a bigger home. Um, okay. So does, yeah. And that could mean like you stay in your same city or, or that means you move somewhere else or like a tax credit for that or are you know employers paying people a little extra um yeah. are you pouring more into your employees with trainings or right. you know professional development there are so many interesting things that i could see us yeah. do um yeah and we're just gonna have to see time will tell yeah time will tell So Jackie, is there anything in the realm of recruiting that we haven't covered? Something that you want to emphasize um, or talk about? Yeah, sure. There's like, I can give some advice. Oh yeah. Advice would be great. Yeah. Okay. So a couple of nuggets for, if you're a job seeker, do your research. Okay. As much as you can go on the company's website take a look at their products, take a look at who works at the company, go on LinkedIn, see who works there, see what research, do a Google search and see what the latest news has been um, about the company. When you apply to a job, make sure you send the right cover letter. You don't know how many times I see people sending in the wrong cover letter. Really? They do. (laughs) It's really funny. I mean, I've done it. Oh, I've done it too. Don't do that. No, don't do that. It's not good. You know, make sure you're buttoned up. Sure. Um, If you're a designer and you have a portfolio, okay, number one, always have a portfolio if you're a designer. If you don't have a portfolio as a designer, like, that's another conversation. Agreed. Um, If you have a portfolio, (laughs) put it on your resume. Yeah, right. And if you have a password. (laughs) I can already know. Make sure your whole site isn't just like password protected, right? Like see if something. I can't click in and see anything. Sure. I I'm sorry. I can't see. Yeah, it doesn't I can't help see you. See what your work. I can't see what's going on. How am I supposed? How am I supposed to know anything? Yeah. So in your cover letter, say like, reach out to me for my password, or just put the freaking password in your cover letter <laughs> or your resume. Like it's really not that serious. <laughs> right. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> it's. I'm just, I feel like I'm saying very basic things, but like, (laughs) (laughs) this happens a lot. I don't expect design leaders to have resumes, to be honest. Okay. But if you're a design leader, like maybe have like a one page website, like you don't have to have your work up, but just Just like contact information, you know? Yeah. Or just a way to contact you. Or if you're applying for a role, um, maybe a little bit about you. Um, Makes sense. I would also say for designers specifically, like design your resume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And your like, work is a reflection of who you are and what you stand for. Yes. If you're using an off the shelf template, that tells a story about you. Is that the right story? 
Exactly. And you would be, I mean, I know, you know, but I see this all the time and I'm like, wow, right. It's a no. Yeah. Pass. And I will tell you, so many design recruiter friends of mine agree. So please design your resume. Um, Four out of five dentists agree. (laughs) Brush your teeth and floss. Um, (laughs) That's right. So those are just like specific for design and design leadership. I would also say in general, like do your research before you go into interviews again on the company, but also just the industry in terms of pay. Like I often have people want to skirt around compensation, which I understand because mm. they don't feel um, ready to have a conversation, but do some research. Like yeah. there's plenty of tools in front of you on the internet. Ask, ask your past colleagues, you know, what is comparable for the market? Okay. How much should I be asking? Um do some research on that so you can confidently come to the table and, you know, tell them what you want um, and what you deserve. Agreed. And just, I would say, just like put your best foot forward. Don't be too nervous when you interview. It's always really interesting to hear people be nervous. I know why people are nervous when they interview, but the way I think about it is like, you're just telling someone about yourself and that's the easiest thing you could do. Cause you know yourself yeah. the most and the best. So, um, agreed. You know, take a breath, drink a sip of water, and it's okay. Just just be you. Be your authentic self. I think those are great pieces of advice. Mm-hmm. And as someone who's in the midst of looking for my next work, I took notes while you were talking. I know that I will take these to heart myself. Awesome. And I also would say try and... Um, keep a good relationship with a recruiter because if it doesn't work yeah. out for that role it might work out in the future and maybe you can leverage them as um, a source of, of information or, or help. Yeah. Um, that's something I've done in my past and that I offer to candidates. And um, it's a, it's a really nice thing to have. Plus one. Absolutely. Plus one. Yeah. These are all conversations between two or more humans, right? Mm-hmm. There's a human being on the other side of that email of that phone call. And I think especially during this time when we might be more isolated than we're used to, and we talked a little bit about this about uh, before we started recording, we talked mm-hmm. about the treasure that is one-on-one human interactions that we can have right now. So that recruiter, they are a full human being. They might be a brother, a mother, a sister, father, daughter, son, whoever they are in the world. Be kind, I think. Be kind. Yeah, be kind. Yeah, that's so important. So I'd like to jump into our closing questions um, because there's so much more that we could explore here, but I feel like this is a good stopping point and just leaves us room for next time. Mm -hmm. So Jackie, what's something, and taking the zoom out view, what's something that you've learned in your life or in your work? Maybe it's something you wish you learned, you learned earlier. Yeah. Oh, I love that deep breath. That kind of exhale says so much. I can't wait. Deep breathing. (laughs) Um, I think I've learned that I, and I think it's important that I like what I do and who I'm working with, that I don't take myself too seriously Mm. and I continue to enjoy what I do from a day-to-day perspective, but at the same time, it's just business. Yeah. And I don't take it personally because <laughs> I found early in my career that I put a lot of my self-worth and my identity in my job uh, okay and when things 
happened that were disappointing, I took it very personally. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of us do that. Our identity is wrapped up in our day to day, which I understand why. Yeah. But it's so important to know that you are so much more than your job and you bring so much to the table. And it's important to recognize that and know that. I do. And to make sure that you remember that. Yeah. That is a fantastic piece of advice. Thank you, Jackie. Mm. Where can people go if they want to find out more about you? Are you online? Do you have anything coming up that we should watch for? Yeah, um, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, okay. My LinkedIn, linkedin.com backslash IN backslash Jacqueline V. Ross. Um, I'm, it's funny that I know that. Um, you know that I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, but I'm honestly very boring these days. And if I post anything, it's like the food that my kids spilled on the floor and I don't know why I buy all this food because they don't eat it anyway. Um, and I just like retweet people and like laugh at things. You need um, to laugh. But I actually am on another podcast in the Netherlands that I, that is getting posted soon about designing your work life balance. Okay. I'm not really sure if that's even a thing, but designing your life. Um, yeah. And then I've got a couple other things coming out that I'll be posting on my LinkedIn. So you can find it there. Great. We'll post that in the show notes for this episode. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jackie, for making time and space to have this conversation with me and for keeping your life at bay. I know we've gone a little over, but thank you. Of course. Thanks for having me. And thanks for listening to How This Works. You can find us in your favorite podcast app. Please leave us a review and subscribe while you're there. You can also find us at howthisworks.show. It's all one word, no dashes. Howthisworks.show. And if you could tell one other person about the show and why they should listen to it, that would be so helpful since we're just starting. You can also find How This Works in the places where social media happens. Thank you for making the time to listen today. I hope that you learned a lot from my conversation with Jackie. I know I did. And we'll talk again soon. Okay, and I just saw your voice print pop up. So, so <laughs> awesome. awesome. 21 minutes later. <laughs> we did it. Oh my so God. We did it. We did, so technology funny. did not win. So, no, um, we won. So we funny. Won.